Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's time once again for another episode of Let's Talk Real Estate, your weekly BS with Barry Saywitz about the current commercial real estate market here in Southern California. As we take a no BS look at both sides of the issues driving the market today to find the best solutions forward from the man who's always looking forward, Barry Saywitz. Hey, Barry. Hey, good morning, Paul. Uh, We're back here again to talk some more real estate. Good morning to our viewers and our listeners out there. And an early happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. I want to do a a shout-out this morning to uh, my UCLA Bruins. Nice work, guys, beating USC over the weekend. That was a big win for us. And uh, a uh, hopefully congratulations to our basketball team, which is playing Gonzaga tonight. Big game. So uh, go Bruins. I'm Barry Saywitz, president of the Saywitz Company and Barry Saywitz Properties. In my 30-plus years of doing commercial real estate, I've been on both sides of the transaction, both as a buyer and a seller as a broker and a principal, and I've learned many things. And and the one thing that I have learned is that it's important to look at both sides of the transaction and come up with the best solutions for dealing with the market and the ebbs and flows. And so today is no different. And with me today, our guest is Mark Bridge, who is the managing director of Cushman & Wakefield, which is a global commercial real estate brokerage company. And he's head of the apartment operations here in Orange County. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so we're going to talk apartments today, which is near and dear to my heart. I love doing it. Probably could do it all day and in my sleep. So thanks for coming on, and, and I'm curious to, as to your perspective in terms of uh, the market today, where it has been, and where it's going. But first, in, in terms of your background, I mean, you've been doing this a long time. 21 uh, plus years. And all in Orange County and yep. Southern California. Southern California. And so you've seen a lot of changes in the marketplace and a lot of growth, certainly, in Orange County as far mm-hmm. as the apartment side of things and just the overall growth of the economy. What's your take on the recent growth and the recent expansion in terms of uh, just the overall lay of the land? Yeah, well, apartments are one of the better product types, in my opinion, of course, in regards to uh, stability and, you know, one of the first to recover and one of the best to um, weather the storm, so to speak, on any downturns or financial crisis so far. People love building apartments. And there's certainly a shortage of them here in Orange County. And at your company, Cushman and Wakefield, you are a global company in something like, what, 70 countries? Uh, yes. And so as a whole, the company's perspective relative to the apartments on a national basis, I guess let's start there. We'll drill down to Orange County. What is their view of uh, the apartment markets around the country, obviously coming out of COVID where you've had all sorts of eviction moratoriums and rent controls and, and just struggles with people struggling to pay their rent? Yeah. It's hard for me to talk about the national platform because we really focus in Southern California. My team does, but I can tell you that um, in Southern California, we've done a tremendous amount of deals since COVID. COVID definitely gave the market a kind of a, a shock. You know, some people had stopped the transactions they were moving forward on, and then they picked back up after uh, kind of the shock wore off. The transactions from last year kind of got pushed to this year. And this year, we've seen a tremendous amount of transactions. So from the national level, I'm sure it kind of plays in a little bit to the same effect. But for Orange County in particular, it's a relatively stable market compared to other areas. Even in Southern California, when the financial crisis happened, Orange County apartments did better than San Diego, L.A., Riverside, San Bernardino. And they you know, weathered the storm better. So Orange County is a very solid market. Very yeah. happy to be working this market. Yeah, and, and I would tell you just from my own perspective, I mean, I, I believe in the in the conferences and the information 
that I've attended and, and gotten is Orange County is, if not the hottest, uh, certainly one of the hottest uh, markets for apartments uh, in the country. Um, and that's evidenced by just the very limited supply of apartments for people to rent, very limited supply of apartment buildings for people to buy. I mean, what's your take in terms of just the number of apartment deals out there that are available in terms of product relative to what it has been in the past? It seems like there's not a lot of stuff. Right. And that that's definitely driving the market pricing and, and demand is there's, there's not that many uh, apartments for sale. The ones that do come for sale usually sell within a short period of time, unless they're you know a little bit overpriced, uh, and even those will get you know plenty of offers on them. The market in, in Orange County has been been driven by you know very good demographics, low vacancy rates, almost zero. I mean, right now it would just take you you know the amount of time it would take to renovate a unit and get it ready to to lease up again to lease out. So you're looking at you know zero to three percent you know vacancy rates you've got rent growth that is going to continue to go up and i think you know we can talk about that more too but the rent growth you know last year a lot of people didn't raise rents because of covid and so this year they're they're getting back on board and they're, so now they're back to it they're, so they're back to it are you finding that owners that are looking to sell that they're then obviously raising the rent so they can try and get a higher price and then the guy who buys it he raised the rent because he had to pay a pretty good clip for the property and wants to try and get a return on his investment. Yeah, and you know, to backtrack a little bit, before uh, 1482, you know, California rent control, there were a lot of owners that that didn't raise their rents that often, knowing that if they needed to, they could raise them up to the market fairly easily. But then with California rent control, you've got CPI plus five percent. So you know, CPI, I think it was you know around three and three point three. So you're looking at eight point three percent. A lot of people did earlier this year in Orange County. If CPI this year, you know, I think it adjusts in April. So coming in April, if, if that's, you know, 5% plus, which I think it will yeah, probably it will be. be. So you're looking at 10% max, according to AB 1482. So 10% max will be the increase, uh, you know, next year. And everybody went, you know, their max this year because they didn't do anything last year. And the current owners that didn't raise their rents before, now realize they need to raise their rents to stay on top of the market. If they don't, they could fall behind. The owners that you know might not have raised the rents before are now doing it annually according to the uh, rent control policies. And do you find that uh, the fear from the federal level of Biden saying he wants to either adjust the estate tax or deal with the 1031 exchange and eliminate it or modify it, that that has spurred older property owners to uh, take an early retirement or shift their thinking out of apartments into something else, and and that that has now spurred some activity? We always see a lot of um, uh, older clients that go from apartments to single-tenant, triple-net deals that can be less management-intensive. But you know, earlier in this year, when you heard the, the rumors about the 1031 going away and increased taxes, uh, I definitely think that anybody that was looking to cash out in the near future probably cashed out this year, thinking that next year is going to be higher um, taxes. With the 1031, some people did them because they thought that it might go away. You know, obviously, I think that's off the chopping block now. So yeah. uh, nobody's you know doing them that doesn't really just want to do them in general. There's a lot of people... You know, the 1031 is such a great thing that people have had to create wealth with, and it's such a great tool, and it's created a lot of um, you know success in businesses from 1031 accommodators to you know escrow and title companies and real estate, and again the triple net brokers and the apartment brokers, you know, working hand in hand, and then you know just helping 
average people build wealth, the 1031 has been such a great tool. So I'm happy that's still around and definitely helps our business. And what I've seen, at least in, in our own, because we own quite a number of apartment buildings, is that there is more activity now, certainly than last year, but also that in Orange County, there is still movement, people trying to trade up, people trying to do something different, as you said, uh, maybe getting out of it and going to a 1031. And so what is the climate in terms of activity? So you get a listing on a property, you're going to go sell it. I mean, for our viewers out there, Mm -hmm. I I was at a function over the weekend and somebody said to me, oh, I'm thinking about buying an apartment building, right? People would like to get into it. It seems like the hot ticket to do. Certainly everybody would like to own a piece of real estate. But I don't think people truly understand the climate and how ridiculous the market is. And, and so you, you get the listing, you put it on the market. For our viewers, how does it go? Yeah, um, you know, you price it right, you're going to get a lot of activity right away. Within the first you know, few days even, you're going to get offers and buyers competing for the deal. You'll get a lot of people that will come in very aggressive you know, just to try to win the deal and, and get it under contract and, and hopefully buy it. But you know, there's a lot of things contributing to that. You've got low interest rates, you've got, you know, the inflationary concerns propelling higher rents, which then translates into higher pricing. So you've got a lot of money coming into the market too. You know, one of the things that, you know, I, I learned about recently, a lot of people have been calling me, they got their uh, EIDL loans, you know, the right, right. economic injury disaster loan, and they've got a bunch of money sitting on the side that they need to put into play. And so that that money, it's, you know, it's not making any money for them right now. And so they're looking to invest that and they can make you know, way more money than what the interest rate on it is that they're going to owe back to the right. government. If they owe the government one or two percent and they can buy something at greater than that, then you're they're getting a return green. on your loan, basically. Right. And so let's talk about that for a second. So interest rates, I, I say all time low in, in terms of my career couldn't be better, which then fuels the fact that the property is not really worth more, but that you could pay more because your mortgage is less per se. And so cap rates, I mean, for Orange County apartments, cap rate in today's world, what's the range? Yeah. So we sell a lot of the B and C product. And I would say, you know, depending on the coast and inland Orange County and and other areas, you know, somewhere between four and 4.75% on the incoming rent, uh, not the market rent, cap rates in general. And so, you know, with, with interest rates, if, if they do go up, the cap rates could also, you know, finance law would tell you, you know, interest rates go up, cap rates go up, prices come down a little bit. But I think that if the interest rates go up slowly, I don't think it would have an effect on the pricing. I think that people would probably look for more competitive rates by, you know, maybe instead of like a 15 year fixed, go to a 10 year fixed or a seven or five or three year fixed, or maybe even an interest only loan or an adjustable rate loan and get the, the loan payment down so that they could be more competitive on their pricing. Um, so if interest rates go up, as long as it's slowly, I, I don't think it's going to have an effect on, on pricing in my opinion. And it seems to me, I'm curious as to your opinion, but I mean, the buyer of the apartment buildings depending upon what his game plan is, has a different view in today's world of what the pricing is in the model. You know, we've been buying apartments for a long time. We used to just look at the cap rate and look at the return. But if somebody's going to come in and fix the property up, he may look at the future rent. If somebody is in a 1031 exchange and just is fearful they don't want to pay the taxes, they have a completely different motivation than the next guy or someone who, like you said, has cheap money from the government or foreign money coming in from another country and they're just looking to place it 
uh, there's different strategies and different mm-hmm. people look at it differently, which also then sort of throws the logic of buying the apartment building at a certain cap rate out the window a little bit, don't you think? Sure. Yeah, you had a lot of um, foreign money coming in. We had a lot of Chinese money that was coming in, yeah. and they were looking at the Class A product, which, you know, and sometimes all cash. And, and what happened there, I think that, that money's kind of dried up a little bit. I think it's been a little bit harder to get out of the country. So a lot of people... Um, a lot of the foreign uh, money's kind of dried up a little bit. There's still some programs that, that people do come in and, and buy uh, up some of the, the inventory that we have. But I would say that, you know, it's mostly the 1031 buyers and the local investors, first-time buyers too, but, you know, a local in- investor versus somebody from out of the area can both be 1031 buyers. The local buyers are going to have, they're going to be plugged into the brokerage community. They're going to know the market a little bit better. They're going to know how to underwrite the deals a little faster. They're going to know a lot more than somebody that isn't you know, familiar with the area. But they also, uh, the ones that are coming in from out of the area, if they're in a 1031 exchange, they're under the gun. You know, right. they and they don't care. Then they have, right. to, they have to make a deal. I mean, I equated a little bit to the first time a home buyer, right? Everybody says, oh, well, you know, I want to buy a home. And then they go put an offer in on a house and they lowball it or they try and negotiate thinking they're going to get a deal. And after about the fourth or fifth time, the broker is telling them, look, you can't do this. You just need to go in at the right. asking price or even higher. And then you get seasoned and you get a little hardened as well mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and by getting boxed out. And I think the same thing happens on the apartment side as well, which makes it difficult for the seasoned buyer because you have someone else who's doing things that may not be consistent with normal thought process. That's right. There, you know, There's a lot of people that wish the uh, cap rates were a little higher. They're probably not the best buyer today. The buyers that have maybe lost a, a couple of deals that have to get more aggressive, unless they're, you know, if they're not in a 1031 exchange and they don't have to work really hard to get the deal as fast as possible, they might take their time a little bit longer and, you know, lose a couple of deals before they get more aggressive to win the last one. Yeah, and you know, we have buyers on uh, clients on on our brokerage side, and they want their cake and eat it too, and then you just can't even find it, right? And so right. it's it's hard to to be the guy who's the bearer of bad news, saying, "Hey, look, what you want doesn't exist." It's like trying to buy a Mercedes with five thousand dollars. You probably can't do that, right? So. <laughs> Not one that runs. No, that's true. <laughs> so I want to shift gears for a second to the tenant side of things, right? We look at both sides here. And, and so if you're a tenant in this market, to me, there, there's a couple of different challenges. And I, I'm curious what, what you think about it. But the guy who was looking to move, whether he was looking to upgrade or just do something different, and then COVID hits, and he decides, hey, I'm not moving, and I'm going to put it off, and now I'm going to go look and move. What is he faced with in today's environment today? Yeah, well, you you know. Back when, you know, last year, you had a lot of people that started to build up some delinquencies, owners and, and tenants, you know, they, they owed back rent and it went on for a while. You know, most people that, that could pay did pay. Each owner faced, you know, an individual situation. And so, yeah, so there was some, some COVID non-pays is what they call them. And, and uh, you know, the government stepped in, you know, state of California with a program for them to pay the owners uh, the back rent that the tenants owed, but the tenants had to cooperate to get that done. You know, and are you finding that the owners that had the tenants that didn't pay, are they getting compensated from the state? Or Yeah, yeah so uh, I'd say by September of this year, most of those delinquencies were gone, You know, as long as the owner worked with the tenant and applied to get that paid back. It's, there's no reason why an owner should have a balance right now because the government does allow you if the tenant won't sign the paperwork to get the the rent paid and there's no reason why they shouldn't 
then you can evict them. They wouldn't allow it before, but now with the government offering to pay the rent, if it's owed and you know the tenant won't do it, then you can get them out and get somebody in there that will pay rent. So there really is no reason to have a balance today, in my opinion. And some people said, look, uh, you're going to see a lot of evictions because all the people who didn't pay, as soon as the eviction moratorium was taken away, then the owners would go and start to evict those bad tenants who, who didn't pay. Have you seen that sort of wave of evictions where owners are like, enough's enough? No, no, I haven't seen. I have seen where, for whatever reason, a tenant didn't want to you know, get the help from the state, and I don't know why. But So I have seen evictions take place, but not that many. Um, I'd say it's in line with what I've seen in the past. So no less, no more. Yeah. Yeah. The guy or the gal who struggled with the rent, who now says, okay, look, I, I, I realize uh, things are back to normal somewhat and I got to start paying the rent again and they can't afford it. And then they go look to move to find something cheaper or smaller. Is it a struggle? Yeah, no, it's, uh, if they're leaving a current rent and they're looking to, to move to another place, then most, you know, nine out of 10 times it's going to be a higher rent. They're going to have to pay more. So unless they're moving out of the area, you know, and with the pandemic, you saw a lot of people leave, um, you know, metropolitan, you know, infill locations to some outlying areas. Uh, they could work from home and, and, you know, they wouldn't have to commute uh, back in. They could find some more affordable housing. Um, and I think, uh, you know, one of the things I was talking about was, you know, Moreno Valley, we're, we're closing 28 units in Moreno Valley uh, today or tomorrow. And we got a great price on that because that market has, has really done very well since the pandemic from, a, you know, an inflow of, of renters to that market. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to ask you is it seems to me that people don't want to spend the whole day in their car, so they don't want to commute. So it, they try and find a place to live that is closer to where they work or vice versa, right? And so what that does is it forces people to sort of live and work in the same area, regardless of the price. So if I have to pay a premium, that's still better than spending time in the car and spending money on gas. Right. That's right. And that's why you see a lot of the, the rents and, you know, especially in, you know, some of the nicer areas in Orange County that, that just keep going up, up and up, you know, and with the, you know, inflationary concerns, you know, the price of wood's gone up, the gas has gone up, you know, everything's going up. Well, I think everything's gone up. Yeah, right? so rent, rent's <laughs> got to go up, right? right. Rents and, and prices. Right. And uh, the other thing I'm curious as your thoughts too is the amenities, right? So, so it mm -hmm. never was as big of a deal as it is today, I believe, to have a patio or a yard or a balcony or some outdoor space that you can go, especially with COVID. You want to be outside and you want to get fresh air. And those properties that have those amenities seem to be much more attractive than ones that don't. And properties that don't have those amenities, at least from our perspective, we're putting them in. Yeah, no, amenities have become a big thing, especially for the millennials and the younger generations. They really like their amenities. So that's definitely something that the, the new designs are, are incorporating for development. Yeah. And so for a tenant that's out there, I mean, any words of wisdom in terms of uh, trying to find a place, you're looking around, it's slim pickings. If your credit's got some marks on it, it's going to be a challenge for you. Are, are landlords really being a lot more selective because a lot of them did get burned or had struggles? They, they really want to make sure they're going to deal with people that are going to pay the rent, and which makes it even more tougher. Yeah, no, it, you know, it, it's tough uh tough to get a place that you really want, you know, as long as you just try to make your credit as good as you can. And, you know, they do a background check. And so you're going to want to just make sure that you're in the best position. If you need a co-signer or somebody else on the lease, you know, add that, but you want to make sure that you're in the best light for, for owners and landlords to, to rent to you. But overall, it, you know, it, 
that background check and that um, application is it's the same as it always has been. Um, it's just really it's the tenant's choice now where they want to live, if, if they can work from home, if they can live in a different area with lower rent, you know, with maybe more amenities, more value for what they're looking for, what they can do. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, we tell people it's just like a first time home buyer, right? Get yourself prepared, uh, get a letter, write a letter, give an explanation and, and get yourself to the point. So when you find something you like, you can present all of the background information. So you look better than someone else. If there's other people looking that would go at a it. long way, a long way, right? When you talk about these amenities and you talk about new product, uh, it was interesting because uh, I was driving here just in Irvine. You have plenty of new apartments from the Irvine company, which is is the king of of all the apartments. But at the same time, what I'm seeing is a lot of redevelopment where you're seeing – uh, whether it's industrial buildings or older office buildings uh, or uh, other just antiquated properties that have large parcels of land where they are, are knocking them down and they're building brand new apartments. And, and that seems to be the highest and best use in today's market. It's That's the ticket. Yeah, the highest and best use for a lot of retail, a lot of office, and um, you know some industrial is, is usually you know more apartments. You just have to get the, the cities on board and, and you know they like the uh, – taxes from retail that they can get. So it's not, you know, and then apartments are a drain on, you know, school systems, fire, you know, fire and police and everything. So you just want to make sure they're going to be okay with you building more apartments, but more apartments is, is the way to go nine out of 10 times for a lot of these you know, older buildings. And are you seeing that with these new product or even with the existing stuff that there's any concessions for tenants in this environment? I mean, is there free rent? Is there discounted security deposits? out there or is it really just it's a tough go <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd say april to you know july of last year you saw a lot of the class a product offering good tenants uh deals you know, deals right? good deals and so we didn't really see that in the bnc class product i you know owners didn't didn't offer them concessions it was mostly the a class but this year i haven't seen any from anybody yeah, and we haven't seen it either on our end. And I, I'm curious if you think that going forward into 2022, is it more of the same? Yeah, I, I think there's not going to be any concessions uh, moving forward. And you know, if anything, you know, the, the rents are going to continue to go up just because the inflationary, you know, pressures on on everything. Yeah, I think right, rents are just going to continue to grow in the next 12 months. And, and so, what happens to the tightness of the market going into if you crystal ball uh, 2022? Yeah. Is it more of the same? I think it's more of the same. I think that if people can't afford the rent that they, you know, in the area they want, they, you know, could double up. They could find a, a less desirable, you know, less amenities, you know, product. But, but otherwise, um, it's just more of the same. And from a buyer and seller perspective, when you go to talk to somebody who's looking to sell their apartment building, what do you advise them in terms of expectations? Yeah, you know, before. 2020, you know, when, when you could raise rents to the market, you know, you, you get acquisition uh, rehab buyers that would come in, you know, and, and renovate the whole building and, and get the tenants out and, and raise the rents to market. Or maybe they didn't renovate, they just raised the rents to market. You know, now with AB 1482, you can only go, you know, the 8 to 10%, whatever the CPI is at the time. And so you've got buyers that are looking, you know, at deals and they're not, they know they can't raise the rents, you know, up to the market rent that the broker puts in his package right away, right? Like it's going to take me a couple of years to get there, maybe two, three years, depending on how low the current rents are. So you get some owners, you know, really the, the deals are based on uh, a, a big factor is what the current rents are. If they're close to the market, if they're way below, 
when, when people look to buy deals, they're looking at the current cap rate, but they're also looking at the market cap rate. Market cap rate used to play a bigger part in deals. It still plays a part now, but it just takes a little longer to get there for a lot of people. Yeah. And so I think what I'm hearing is low interest rates into 2022, still high demand for apartments into 2022, and still tough goings in terms of if you're a tenant trying to find a decent deal on a nice place. And uh, if you're a buyer, you're going to have to be smart about uh, trying to find something that, that works for you. Yeah. And, and you know, if you look back, you know, any buyers who have bought properties, you know, a, a couple of years ago, uh, they look pretty smart today. It doesn't matter if you overpaid a couple of years ago or not, you know, even, you know, five years ago, three years ago. So if you're a buyer looking today, and I just see based on the spending and inflation that the prices and rents are going to continue to grow. So uh, I wouldn't tell you to overpay for a property, but if you're thinking about getting in to buy apartments right now, I think it's a good time. And do you see people moving to Orange County or are they leaving? I mean, the, there was a while where everybody was uh, going to Phoenix and going to Vegas and going to Texas or Florida right. or wherever, right? It's cheaper. Well, and, and that's what kind of surprised me on this one because I, I remember the um, the recession from 2009 and and what happened there was, you know, Vegas and Phoenix got hit really hard. This time, you know, I, I guess Vegas, you know, lost a lot of tourism, but but Phoenix has really blown up. I think there's been a big influx of people that have gone out there from, you know, other areas and, you know, maybe Orange County, L.A. and, and other areas outside the, you know. California even, but a lot of people have gone to Phoenix and those prices have just skyrocketed. Yeah. And, and what we found at least is that a guy who goes from LA and buys a property in, you call it Phoenix, Vegas, uh, Colorado, those deals look very cheap because Los Angeles right. is very expensive. So they're not really shell-shocked by it. The guy who was already in that market, um, you know, says, Hey, what's going on? The prices keep running up. And somebody else from outside the area would say, this is still a bargain. That's right. The, the Phoenix brokers used to love us calling them from California. They go, oh, we got a California buyer. Right. He's not going to haggle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, in terms of the brokerage side of the business, just real quick, um, you guys uh, continued activity, continued growth. Uh, what's the prognosis for 2022 on the brokerage piece? Yeah. So uh, this year, you know, record sales, in my opinion, I, there, you know, a lot because of 2020 and not a lot happened, not, not a lot of deals. But in 2021, you know, everybody's done a ton of deals uh, in apartments. And I think that everybody's probably had record, record years uh, and on the brokerage side. Uh, I think in 2022, I hope it continues. Um, I'm hoping that a lot of people didn't transact in 2021 that, you know, now they're happy in 2022 and they're just going to, you know, watch the market for that year. But um, I think it's going to continue to be good velocity uh, market in 2022, but I don't know if, if it can be this good. Yeah. And I mean, crazy how the pendulum swings, right? Just 12 months ago, uh, really uh, dark times in, in the doldrums. And then all of a sudden now uh, apartments are the darling of commercial real estate, it seems like. Yeah. We've been used to that, um, which is great. But, you know, even industrials done, uh, industrials kind of, a lot of those buyers are buying apartments now. Um, the buildings that I sold earlier this year and, and even at the end of uh, 2020 were industrial sellers that then went into apartments because industrial there's not a lot of inventory for them to find they got great prices on their sales and they went into apartments looking for um higher you know rent right, yeah. sure yeah. so we just got a quick minute what's one thing i guess that you would tell our viewers and uh, our listeners out there in terms of uh, to be aware of or that that will be a factor in uh, the apartment market for 2022 
I would just say, you know, try to try to get in the game uh, now. You know, I think you know every every year people kind of reset their pricing expectations. So if you can get something under contract uh, before January, February, um, I think that that will look like a good buy uh, at that point. Um, I think you know sellers like to keep raising their prices every year, and I think uh, I would get in early uh, if you can, especially during the holidays. You know, there's maybe not as many as much inventory but it's always a good time to get into a deal. Good. Well, those are good words of wisdom. So, Mark, I appreciate you having on, uh, coming on the show uh, and sharing your thoughts with us on the apartment market and, and certainly wish you continued success uh, in the coming year. For everybody here, I want to thank Paul Roberts and the whole team at uh, OC Talk Radio, our producer, Sophia. And, uh, again, wishing everybody a uh, happy Thanksgiving and a healthy and prosperous new year. I'm Barry Saywitz, uh, president of the Saywitz Company, and today has been uh, a little more talking real estate, and we'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening. have it you've been listening to let's talk real estate your weekly bs with barry saywitz about the current state of the real commercial real estate market right here in southern california on orange county's only community radio station oc talk radio streaming live from our studio here at the university of california irvine's beale applied innovation center